Welcome to the Redeem Evangelical Mission Tram Atlanta. This is a place where we gather together in quality praise and worship of the true and living God. Equipped with the world of God for growth and fellowship with one another. God bless you as you listen to this message. Spirit of grace, spirit of truth. I step aside. I ask you to take over the service. Yes, Lord. Take your place. Amen. Wear me as your hand glove. Oh, yes, Lord. Express yourself freely through Amen. me. Amen. Bring every heart and every ear under the sound of yes, my voice Lord. to you. Encounter all. Oh, yes. Lord. Reveal Jesus to all. Mm-hmm. Magnify Jesus in every life. Oh, yes, Lord. Let the name of Jesus be glorified. Amen. Save the unsaved. Amen. Heal the sick. Amen. Set the captive free. Amen. Strengthen the sense. Amen. Establish the sense. Amen. Put outstanding testimonies Amen. in every mouth. Cause the word to heal, deliver, mm-hmm. and strengthen. For you sent your word and your word healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. We worship and magnify Hallelujah. you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, church. We welcome and receive all our friends across the globe. The same presence of God in the house is reaching you wherever you are. In the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. This morning, we are continuing what we started last Sunday. Somebody said, do not worry. Last Sunday, we... We, 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 we define what worry means. Praise God. We're not going there. So you can listen to that message later. But today we'll be talking, do not worry. Why shouldn't I be worried? He said, do not worry. Why? We want to know the why you should not worry. Praise God. This morning. Why we should not worry. Let's go to our test. Luke chapter 12. 22 through 32. is a long read. Can we have the new King James version? Luke chapter 12. 22 through 32. Glory to God. New King James version. Thank you. Then he said to his disciples. He, Jesus, said to his own disciple, Therefore I say to you, just as he's speaking to us this morning, you under the sound of my voice, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about the body, what you will put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? If you then are not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet, I say to you, 
even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind. For all these things the nations of the world seek after, and your father knows that you have the needs, the need that your father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added to you. 32. Do not fear, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. You see over there, what is written, the words that we are using, worry, anxious. Can we have John chapter 14 verses 1 and 26. John 14 verses 1 and 26 from the same verse uh, translation. John chapter 14 verses 1 and 26. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Verse 26. But, no, 27, I beg your pardon. 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the word gives, do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Another translation there says, don't let your heart to be agitated, distressed, or troubled. Can we have Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, New Living Translation? Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, New Living Translation. Why should I not be worried? You remember last Sunday, one of the description or definition of worry is what? Stress, anxious, panic. You understand what I'm saying? Philippians chapter. 4 verse 6 and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Pastor, she was talking this morning about tithe and offering. So when you are not, when you are not giving your tithe and offering, it means that you are what? You are not grateful. You see, can you go back to verse, that verse 6? Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. A thinking heart is a thankful heart. 
A thankful heart is a grateful heart. And a grateful heart is a heart that always attracts the goodness of God. It's God that gave you the health, the wisdom, the knowledge, the understanding to do the work. It's God that gave you that job. It's God that gave you the business. So it will be an act of ingratitude for you to look God straight in his eye and say, you don't deserve 10% of my income that he gave to you. Is it not somebody that's alive and healthy that can walk? Right? Because when we think, he said, and thank him for all he has done. Because one of the areas you are, you are thankful to God is your faithfulness to him. When you are thankful to God, one of the ways you express thankfulness to God is your act of faithfulness to him. An act of appreciation to him. It should be a lifestyle if you're a child of God. It should be your lifestyle. Verse 6, 7. Then, when you do, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. And be thankful to him for what he has done. When you do, then you will experience God's peace. This is the, the way to enjoy peace. Which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guide your heart. Guard, protect, secure. His peace will garrison, will guard, will protect, will secure your heart as you live in Christ. The Bible didn't make mistake by saying in Christ. Which means outside Christ, you don't have that peace. Why should we not be uh, worried? Why should I not worry? We said last Sunday that if it concerns you, it concerns God. Because you belong to him as his precious beloved son or daughter. You are his prized possession and inheritance. I purposely posted this in our platform this morning. This early hour this morning. Kind of as a teaser and a reminder of what we we talked about last Sunday. If it concerns you, it concerns God. Because you belong to God. You are his child. And you are precious to him. You cost God the life of Jesus. That's how precious you are to God. And that's why you should not worry. Romans chapter 8 verse 31 Romans 8.31 Romans 8.31 Give him to me first on New Living uh, Translation then on What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? 32 Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all. 
won't he also give us everything else? Give it to me in New King James Version. 31 and 32, Romans 8. What then shall what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If you understand this, you have the revelation of these scriptures, you will not be afraid. You will not be, I beg your pardon, you will not worry. You will not be anxious. You will not be stressed up. You will not panic. You will not be fearful of unseen and unknown things. You will not. He who did not spare his own son, but deliver him up for us all, how shall he not with him also underline? That's a creature. Also, freely give us all things. If you understand this, you should not worry. You should not be afraid. You should not be distressed. You should not be agitated or panic. You should not suffer depression. Why should I not be out? Should I not worry? You shouldn't worry because whatever you are going through is not permanent. I always tell my wife, it came in as a stranger and it will leave as a stranger. Anything that passed through the hand of God to a child of God cannot destroy that child of God. Because God has taken away from it every destructive element. Just like mother. I've explained this many times. Mr. President is hungry. Come back from school. It's eye red. He's hungry. He come to you. And you are telling him that oh, exercise patient. Where is the patient to exercise? The boy is hungry. You would take, and he's seen fried chicken and potato fries. And you say, exercise patient, what do you do? You take, you do everything you can. If need be, you put, take them and put in the freezer for you to cool down, right? But when we were growing up, there was nothing like freezer. My mama's hand was the freezer. My mama's hand was the cooler. He would, she would take the hot yam, put in her hand, and blow it. Is that not what the way how he did it? Blow it, and when she knew that you can handle it, he will put it in your hands. So whatever you are going through has gone through. It has been filtered. If God allow it, no, it cannot harm you. If God allow it, no, 
it cannot kill you. It cannot destroy you. Because if it concerns you, it concerns God. So you have to know, number one, that whatever circumstance you are going through is not permanent. Somebody say it's not permanent. It has an expiring date. It has what? An expiring date. Any circumstance you are experiencing has an expiring date. Good or bad. And that's why you have to remain in Christ. Every time you say, in Christ. In Christ. Can you give me Proverbs 23, verse 18? King James Version. Proverbs 23, verse 18. King James Version. Somebody say it has an expiring date. For surely there is an end. We can have a camp meeting on this world. Surely there is an end. Without fail, without any mistake, assuredly, without any doubt, there is an end. Whatever has a beginning has an end, an end, right or wrong. All truths are parallel. I was saying yesterday. That choices has consequences, right? On earth. And in heaven, if choices have consequence on earth, who told you that choices don't have consequence in heaven? If you read Revelation, you will discover, I think Revelation 20. 10 to 15, if I'm not mistaken. Talking about who every one of us will come before the, the white throne, the judgment, the, the, the white throne of judgment. You understand what I'm saying? And the books will be open. The, it's a book, the book of life. Just let me see. We'll come back here. Just want to check it out. Eh? Revelation 20:12. Okay. And I saw the dead. Back up to 11. Thank you. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away and there was found no place for them. This is where every one of us is coming to. Pastor Chi read today, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, right? From verse 51. Talking about rapture. Everyone born by a woman, no matter the name you call yourself, whether you are president, whether you are queen or king or slave or servant, everyone is coming to here. And I saw the dead, small and great. Do you see that? Stand before God and the books were opened. Books on the line were opened. And another book was opened. 
books open and another book open. Which is the book of life? Mine. The books is where every action you take is recorded. That is for reward. Somebody says choices have consequence. Choices has consequences. Here on earth and in heaven. May it not be too late for any one of us to realize that choices we make. Has consequence. Both here on earth and in heaven. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books. According to their works. Right? Judge according to your works. Every action, every choice we make. Because your choices lead to your action. Right? Every choice we make, the fruit, the the fruit of it, the, the the fruit of our choice is the action we take, or what we do. Is recorded. Thirteen. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I said yesterday that when people died, whatever you are saying about them have no effect of where they are going. It must sound very morally right. Right? More very religious. A good man, God help his soul, this and that. No, at that time it's too late. There is no repentance in the grave. Because he has made his choice. It is his choice. The choice is what do you do with the gift of God to your life? Jesus Christ. What do you do with Jesus? What do you do with the love of God? He said, Behold, I said before you, death and life. He said, Choose life that you may live. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So God telling us, Choose Jesus so that you will live. And you choose to live your own way, the way you want to live. It's your choice. And God does not force himself on anyone. So every choice you make, this is where you're going to end. If you choose Jesus, your name will be written in the book of life. Automatically. It's just like here and now today. You just sell money to somebody, right? The moment you send it, it hits the account immediately, right? That's why they say, they always tell you, before you send it, make sure it is the right 
contact. It's the right person. You understand what I'm saying? And because the moment it is sent, you cannot withdraw it back. So the moment you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, boom, your name is written in the book of life. That is settled. Then the other books that were open is now, now for reward. You have made it. Now, are you going to go into heaven empty-handed? It's left you for you. Your choice, the reward. If you are a child of God, you have received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Like I was telling you, what we believe in the train. You receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior. Your name is in the book of life. You are a child of God. The next thing you do is to build up your account. Like when you go to the bank, you open an account, right? You start making deposits to your account. If you didn't make any deposit, can you get any reward, any withdrawal? All your faithfulness on earth, all the actions you take, the work of God, your commitment, you are depositing. You are doing yourself. You are not doing the bishop. You are not doing the pastor. You are not doing your wife or your husband. It is personal. I said yesterday that salvation and the sacrifice of Jesus is not refundable and it is not transferable. You cannot transfer to you as long as you love your husband. You cannot transfer the sacrifice of Jesus for you to your husband or to your children. It is not transferable. It is not hereditary. hereditary. It is personal. Somebody says salvation is personal. Work with God is personal. The only role you have to play in the life of your loved ones is to pray for them, minister to them to, to, to be saved. It is their choice to receive or reject Jesus. Are you hearing me? You cannot get salvation for them. And every reward is personal. There is nothing like junk account in your reward. What led to this? When we were reading Philippians chapter 4, right? Then we said, give me John chapter 14, verse 1 and 27. So, the peace that Jesus gave us in that John 27, John 14, 27, you cannot transfer the peace from you to somebody else. It's your choice. Somebody say choice. You make the choice to let your heart to be troubled or to enjoy the peace of God. It's choice. So, if, if many believers understand this, like that revelation we read, that a day we are going to stand before him, everyone born by a woman, you have to judgment. The first judgment is what do you do with Jesus? 
What did you do with the sacrifice of Jesus? With the death of Jesus? If your name is not in the book of life, the reward chapter is closed. No reward for you. It's straight to hell. Put on your imagination. Because God is the faithful God. He's the righteous judge. At the end of the day, he will see everything. And you can't blame him. You will not query him. And the devil cannot query God. That because that is why it's choice. Our choice here on earth has consequence. Our choice also has consequence in heaven. Every day you live, if you've forgotten anything today, know that your choice has consequence on earth and it has consequence in heaven. How and where you spend eternity is dependent on the choice you make here on earth. It is not after you have died. No repentance in the grave. Let all the priests or religious rulers come and make all the declaration. It is not going to go be, uh, above the ceiling. It cannot change anything. The person that is dead, does he have any choice? Does he have any will? The cloth he put on the on him, on him. Does he have anything to say? Even if he has written his will and said, This is how I want to be buried. But there are people that say, This man, he dealt with us when he was alive. Now let's show him. Right? He can't do anything that time. It's because his chapter is already closed. May our chapter not be closed against us without making the right choice. To live for God. Right choice. To live faithfully for God. Right choice. To live faithfully for God. Every time I want to pull out from here and continue. The Holy Ghost keeps putting me back. It is your benefit to choose to live faithfully for God. You are not doing anybody. You are not doing anybody. Somebody says, living is sitting. You're not even hearing yourself. Somebody says, living is sitting. Sitting, S-E-E-D-I-N-G. Living is sitting. I did not read it in any book. The Holy Ghost gave me this word, gave me this revelation. As long you are breathing in oxygen and breathing out carbon dioxide, you are sowing seed. The question is not, am I sowing seed? The question should be, what type of seed am I sowing? Somebody say choice. It is a choice to sow good seed. It is a choice to sow bad seed, right? It's choice. So, the summary of life, therefore, is this. Everything about life is what? Based on choice. And it is your choice on earth that will determine how you spend eternity. And where you spend eternity. Did you see? Did you hear how I said it? By the Holy Ghost. Your choice on earth 
determines how you spend in eternity and where you will spend in eternity. Where is heaven or hell? Heaven when you have chosen Jesus. Hell when you reject Jesus. When you chose not to to receive Jesus. It's a choice. How you spend eternity talks about your reward. Yesterday, by the Holy Spirit, I gave an, an illustration. I said, when you are flying from here to San Francisco or LA, which is about five hours plus, and you, they made a presentation to you. You have coach, you have first class. Or from here to London, you say you want coach. You pay for coach. But on having been checked in, you are now on board. At the moment you enter the aircraft, and whenever you are flying, the first place you see in the aircraft is the first class lounge. And you see first class, how roomy it is, how they have some first class, their chair is like a bed. You can roll it and sleep and no, no folding. They were telling you to go to the tail of the aircraft because that's, you bought a, a coach. You tell the air hostess, no, no, I don't want to go there. I, I want here. You have already made your choice. You chose to, you chose coach and it is irreversible. Because you already boarded. There is no room to change. The day you died on earth, boom, is sealed. Your choice is no more reversible. Whatever people around are saying, both those that are hypocritically crying and making all those good statements, he doesn't leave. He doesn't even get to the top of the bench. He doesn't do. It can't. It doesn't change anything because your choice is irreversible. How you spend eternity and where you spend eternity is determined by the choice you made while you are still breathing. And that's why I believe the Holy Ghost is telling you, you are a child of God. Oh, thank God. But what is your choice concerning your reward? Are you faithful to God? Are you honest? Are you sincere in your work to God? Are you committed to God? Jesus says in the book of Luke chapter 2 verse 39. Don't you know I must be about my father's business? Are you committed? Are you faithful to your father's business? Because it's all about the family of God. So, why shouldn't I be worried 
He said, no. That whatever you are going through has an expiring date. Somebody say, has an expiring date. It has an expiring date. <laughs> we have not even scratched. We, have, we pray that we ask the Holy Ghost. Right? Whatever you are going through has an expiring date. Let's see if we can tie that, then we'll pick it up next Sunday. Can I have Proverb? Proverb 23, 18. King James Version, please. Proverb 23, 18. Let me just wrap up this. It has an expiring date. For surely there is an end. Somebody say, surely there is an end. And thy expectation shall not be cut off. Nothing can hinder it. No power on it, beneath the earth, and above the earth can stop it. Whatever you're going through has an end. Somebody say it has an end. It has an end. For surely there is an end. When you know there is an end, you will not worry. You will not be troubled. You will not be agitated. You will not panic. You will not be depressed. You will not be afraid. Somebody say, sure, there's an end. My expectation shall not be cut off. What are you expecting from God? What is your vision? What is your dream? Your expectation is your dream. It's your desire. For the desire of the righteous is good and shall be granted. Don't cancel your act, yourself out because of the temporary thing that is going around you is temporary. The Bible says, David said, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. I am walking, he said, walking through. It's not a bus stop. A drive through. When you are on transit, you are flying from here to L.A., and you have a stopover in uh, um, in Arizona. Because I remember I, <laughs> one of my flights, they stopped at Arizona. Are you going to come up and say you have ended your flight? No, it's a transit. So whatever is happening around you has an end. Somebody say it has an end. I always say it has an expiring date. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to 18. Second Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to read two translations. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 to 18. I'm going to read two translations. New King James Version and Amplified Classic. New King James Version, please. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Do you see that? Therefore, we do not lose heart. King James Version says, we do not faint. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. There's a transformation going on inside. You see? Whatever you're going through, 
it has sometimes as a purifier. You know what I'm saying? Our circumstances and situation play many roles. One, it helps our faith. It helps us to grow. It takes away some things, solves that we don't need. It depends on your mindset of what you are seeing. If you know who you are, you are a child of God. What happens is that this thing cannot destroy me. And that's why we, you say, I don't know how many of us, we, we really understand the declaration we make here. I didn't just feed after eating quarter pounder and come and tell you, ah, I cannot be contained. I cannot be stopped. I cannot be destroyed. Because of the power of life that cannot be destroyed. That is living and walking on the inside of me. It's not because of your connection or because of the volume of your real estate or financial uh, uh, investment. It's not because of the change of degree. You have five, seven PhDs in different fields. No! The reason why we cannot be contained, we cannot be stopped, we cannot be destroyed is because of the power of the life that cannot be destroyed, that is living on the inside. For greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So he said, therefore, we do not lose heart. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. There is a change, a transformation going in. Whatever is happening, whatever circumstance is working for our good. Look at it. Go to verse 18. Verse 18. Why we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. Is temporary permanent? At least the English language my mom and dad bought for me. I knew that one very well. That temporary means not forever. It has an expiring date. For the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. Can you see the difference? The things which are not seen are eternal. It's forever. It does not have a expiring date. What are the things you don't see? God's promise to you. So when you see it, you will not be worried. You will not be afraid. You will not be distressed. You will not be depressed. You will not panic. Give me amplified version. From verse, from verse 16 that was started. Thank you. The Amplified version, Amplified classic from verse 16. The same Second Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. Glory to God. I, I just wanted to see how Amplify put it. You understand what I'm saying? Okay. 
Somebody say, why should I not be worried? Therefore, we do not become discouraged, utterly spiritless, exhausted, and wearied out through fear. Though our outer man is progressively decaying and wasting away, yet our inner self is being progressively renewed day after day. Progressively. Progressively. I hear what I'm saying. It's progressively. It's not static. Someone say it's working for my good. For our light momentary affliction. Do you see that? Our light momentary affliction. Momentary means of what is temporary. Double soldier. You were joining this, right? Momentary who's is is it forever? So whatever you're going through, it's not forever. That's why you must not worry. For our light momentary affliction, this light distress of the passing hour is ever more and more abundantly preparing and producing and achieving for us an everlasting weight of glory. Do you see that? An everlasting weight of glory. Beyond all measures, excessively surpassing all comparison and all calculations, a vast and transcendent glory and blessedness never to cease. That's what your circumstances do for you. Go to 18. Since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are visible are temporal, brief and fleeting. It's brief and fleeting. It's just like that, the fleeting, it's just like that vapor that you just appear and it's gone. Right? Brief and fleeting. But the things that are not visible are deathless and everlasting. Do you see that? It does not die. Somebody say it does not die. Deathless means it can never die. It can never cease. Let's wrap it up with Romans chapter 8 verse 28. Romans 8 28. Why should I not be worried because whatever you are going through has an expiring date. It's not forever. It's not permanent. You have to choose not to be worried. You have to choose not to be afraid. You have to choose not to panic. You have to choose not to be depressed. And we know that all things work together for good to those who love God. To those who are the called according to his purpose. Look at all the qualifications there. 
For we know that all things, all things means what? All things. Whatever that circumstance, whatever you are going through, is working for your good. Remember 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 17. Working for your good. Somebody says it's working for my good. It's working for your good. Working for your good. That circumstance, that situation. That is why you must not be worried. It's working for your good. And when you know that it's working for your good, what do you do? You praise God. That's what the Bible tells us. You see, in all things, give thanks. You praise God. You bless God. By blessing God, you're giving a black eye to the enemy. He's confused. In spite of all he's going through, and he's blessing and praising God, and he's worshiping God, and he's committed to God, he'll be confused. Enough of pity party, child of God. You You have much more working for you than what is working against you. We have much more working for us than what is working against us. And you have to know the declaration we make in this house, I cannot be contained, I cannot be stopped, I cannot be destroyed. It's not a religious cliche. That is who you are. Because of the power of life that cannot be destroyed. That is living, not just living, is living on the inside of me and is at the same time at work in me. This power of light that cannot be destroyed, working in me, living in me, taking residence on the inside of me, and at work in me, it takes out everything that is not of God. Everything that is not in line with the purpose and the plan of God. Everything that is against God, take us out. It wages war against the enemy. That is why the Bible says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And when you know this, nothing, absolutely nothing, will make you to be afraid, will make you to be depressed, will make you to be panicking, will make you to be worried, having sleepless night. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. And so Lord, today, even as the voice of man ceases, I ask you to echo this truth in the heart of everyone under the sound of my voice. Cause faith to come alive in every heart, in every life. Cause confidence and boldness to come alive. Cause revelation to come alive. In the name of Jesus, that we will walk in the light of this truth. That we will walk in the light of this understanding. That we will walk in the light of this revelation. That we will walk in the light of this world. In the name of Jesus. That is why we must not worry. Don't. Worry. Because whatever you're going through has an aspiring date. Talk to God. Remember, if it concerns you, it concerns God. Because you belong to God. You are his child. Hallelujah. Talk to him. Are you under the sound of my voice? You have not, maybe you have not known Jesus as your Lord and Savior. 
you have to choose him. Make a choice so that you can spend eternity with him. He has paid the price. He has paid it all. I want to pray with you. I want you to say this prayer with all your heart. Lord Jesus, I receive you into my life as my Lord and Savior. I give you my life. Come and live in me. Help me to live for you. Thank you for saving my soul. In the name of Jesus. If you have prayed that prayer sincerely, you are now a child of God. Welcome to the family of God. Now, let's do a couple of things. One, go to your smartphone or your tablet, the app store, and download the Bible. The Bible is God's will to your life. The Bible is God's roadmap to your destiny. Make good friends with your Bible. Go to a Bible-believing church. Tell the pastor I sent you. And if you're here in Atlanta, Georgia, United States, I may both to invite you to Trem Atlanta, God's Embassy's Manor. We are here at 1611 Roswell Street, Manor, zip code 30080. I look forward to receiving you on Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern. Make it a date with the Holy Ghost. And I want you to go to our, our website, tremusa.org, tremusa.org. Go there and listen to our podcast. Or you can go to any platform where you freely receive podcasts and type and search Trem Atlanta, T-R-E-M-A-T-L-A-N-T-A, Trem Atlanta, and be blessed. Remember, if it concerns you, it concerns God because you are too precious to God. Have a beautiful and wonderful week. God bless you. Thank you for listening to another message. God's blessing be with you now and forever. For counseling, email trem at tremusa.org. Remain blessed.